conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. As we go live with this show, it's Christmas Eve. So happy holidays to one and all if you celebrate these. Isn't it amazing when you consider, if you're like me, the madness of what's been happening here in the USA and around the world these days? This is all, as commentator and broadcaster Wayne Allen Root observed, because of one stolen election, the election of 2020. and to a large extent, I would add, of 2022. That's how tens of millions of us see it anyway. As election integrity activist Mike Lindell has said, the stolen election of 2020 was the crime of the century, and the perpetrators got away with it by the cover-up of the crime of the century or the cover-up of the century. As President Trump commented earlier earlier this month during a campaign rally in New Hampshire, quote, Joe Biden is a low IQ individual. He is truly the worst, most incompetent, and most corrupt president in the history of our country. But with your vote in this election, together we're going to save America, and we're going to bring our country back from hell. It's in hell. In hell. No one thing, not one thing has gotten better under crooked Joe Biden. Our border has been erased. We have no border any longer, Trump said. This, I'm sorry, continuing with his quote, the world is going up in flames while you suffer the ravages of inflation and your buying power goes down to levels never seen before. Trump compared inflation during his presidency to inflation during the Biden years. Quote, since Joe Biden took over, we have a three-year inflation rate of over 20%. Under my leadership, inflation was non-existent. We had gasoline at 187 a gallon. End quote. I couldn't agree more. And there are just thousands upon thousands pouring across the border. And this is intentional. It's intentional by the Mexican authorities run by this idiot lackey of the cartels and the Chinese communist gangs down there smuggling tons and tons of fentanyl. Well, I don't know tons, but there's lots a lot of Deadly fentanyl killing hundreds of thousands of Americans, the contents of which come from China and are made either in China and or by the cartels in Lopez Obrador as part of it. It's obvious that our administration wants to do nothing to take care of the to follow the laws at our border and many other laws, I would say. As I see it, Biden was installed in the White House in the real coup against America by powerful, rogue, left-wing forces operating within our intelligence communities, the Department of Justice, and elsewhere, that is, among elements of both the Democratic and Republican parties, in collusion with the Chinese Communist Party and its cyber operatives. And, of course, there was massive paper ballot fraud as well. Pro-CCP establishment media 2020 was the most free and fair in U.S. history, the 2020 election, rather. Sure, but oh no, you can't look inside the electronic voting machines. That's proprietary. 
and you can't see any of those paper ballots. That's also secret and election integrity, communist style. So we have the gangster, the political thug, Joe Biden, serving whenever and wherever he can get away with it. The CCP and globalist elite CCP worshipers at the World Economic Forum, WEF. As I see it, we have something of a nonviolent civil war going on within our government. On the one hand, you have a lot of pro-America, honest civil servants who are trying to protect the USA. On the other hand, after eight years of Clinton and eight years of Obama and now three years of Biden, you have an entrenched infiltration of radical America-hating communist and other leftist-serving radicals hell-bent to destroy America as we have known it and turn it into a third-world socialist hellhole, dominated, not controlled, by communist China. Now, that may seem very severe. And by the way, I want to emphasize again, as I always do, I am not advocating any type of violence. That's what they want you to do, do something crazy. While the communist Chinese have as one observer recently put it, stated repeatedly they are not going to sacrifice what is left of their economy on the altar of climate change. They are no doubt laughing, however, at our Western oligarch globalist supposedly intelligent fools constantly clamoring to dismantle the American and European economies, cultures, and demographics to supposedly save the world from, among other things, the non-existent climate emergency. As NTD Television put it, the CCP pays lip service to climate change while doing almost nothing about it in their horribly polluted country. Why should they? They and the Western nations who invested heavily in their industries have made enormous profits from the largely unenvironmentally regulated businesses and industries going on there. And so Joe Biden is busy and seemingly devoted to this destruction of our country at the direction and strong backing of these egomaniacal, self-appointed masters of the universe, as they are known. But as I said, communist China talks a good game about climate change and say they're going to do something eventually, do a little bit here and there, while using it as a bargaining chip to extort more concessions from the West. And then let's talk a little bit more about the border. The millions, soon to be tens of millions of undocumented, unvetted, illegal aliens pouring across our border are mostly military-aged males. It's obvious the Biden administration is doing everything it can to encourage this and has the goal of ultimately creating illegal alien hordes who will be used to overwhelm America and force the most radical and extreme changes onto us including the confiscation of all your money and all your property. Somehow, it's no coincidence, the World Economic Forum and its founder and leader, Klaus Schwab, protege of globalist and CCP lover Henry Kissinger, who's, by the way, well, he recently died. He's made a lot of money, as I understand it, working with China. And Klaus Schwab declares that by 2030, According to the video that we WF put out posted on its website some years back, recent two or three years ago, I think it was, quote, you'll own by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And by that same date, just the other day, I heard Klaus Schwab on a radio program 
saying there will be no privately owned vehicles on the roads. They're very serious about this. In other words, these totalitarian worshiping monsters intend to seize all your property and money and redistribute as they see fit to the world's poor. And yet, our illustrious globalist oligarchs think they will somehow be immune to this massive seizure and confiscation of Western civilization wealth. Well, they may be right, at least in the beginning of this nightmarish world they envisioned for the rest of us. But all you have to do is look at the reality, the history of communist China, of the Soviet Union and other communist states to see what happens to people there with money, with power. You see the struggles that go on, the murders, the rivalries. Anyway, moving on. As part of promoting and forcing this insane shift away from the use of fossil fuels and total toward exclusive use of the fraudulently termed clean energy electric vehicles, which are anything but it costs a, a terrible pollution to create them, is something that is way worse than what we have now in a way of pollution from internal combustion engines. <clears throat> Since there's horrible, horrible pollution involved in their production, we have this, met, this this outrageous lie and fraud that they are somehow driving and buying a very expensive electric vehicle is saving the, saving the country, saving the world. Biden, the CCP, and globalist madmen don't seem to care that they will destroy millions of American jobs that exist as part of the industries and businesses surrounding and involved in production and use of internal combustion engines. And they're made clean, they're made less and less polluting as the years go by. That's perfectly okay with Biden and company. Under communism, globalism, and other totalitarian socialist scheme, the ends always justify the means. And so if on the road to their ridiculous utopia on Earth, which has never occurred and never will, on the road to that goal means there will be mass murder, slavery, and terror? No problem. Always been the case with totalitarianism. Then there's the madness of the hysterical climate alarmists among our supposed elites who actually believe, who actually appear to believe, that cattle farting is contributing to their myth of a world climate emergency. This is supposedly done by the expulsion of methane gas in these cow farts. This is absurd because, as one observer said recently, the same methane is produced by a blade of grass if it's consumed by a cow and farted out or simply dries out and dies on the ground. But no matter to these imbeciles and maniacs, as with all totalitarians, there is no debate about their mantra of climate change. The time of for this kind, the time for this kind of monstrous and extreme action is now, they believe. They seem to believe this. Of course, they also have a tendency to create these problems and then invest heavily in industries that are meant to correct or come up with the solution to these problems. Never mind that some 1,600, I believe, scientists recently published a letter declaring that there is no climate emergency. Anyway, this, I strongly suspect, is why globalist leftist Bill Gates, a big Biden supporter and one of the world's richest men, has been buying up farmland around the U.S. to prevent cattle from grazing on this land and contributing to global warming by farting. Bill Gates, the darling of the darling and old friend of communist China who, if I read it correctly, 
reportedly donated money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, or at least to the Communist Chinese Party for, for research, the type of research being done. Where And it, of course, that, that is the institution where it is widely believed in the West that COVID-19 is thought to have originated. And Bill Gates has huge, hugely profited from vaccines made to fight this and other diseases. As you have the outrageous fraud, and then, uh, then you have the outrageous fraud, Al Gore, going around the world ranting about boiling oceans and the like under climate change, while paying himself, I believe it's something like $2 million a month as he carries on this hucksterism as a climate change fighting foundation employee. And it's yet another example of the madness we are witnessing today. We have the raging Caucasian hatred of so-called critical race theory. This now pervasive, pervasive ideology, I have no doubt, has as its ultimate goal the complete obliteration of Caucasians as ethnic groups around the world. And who is promoting this racist hate hysteria? Mostly white people that I could see. White people on the political left. And I guess some who might call themselves Republicans, but they, they go along with this nut, nutcase stuff. Do you recall a few years ago the controversy of the Caucasian Marxist professor at the Midwestern University posting on his social media about this time of year that all he wanted for Christmas was white genocide? Think these people are really joking? I don't. Remember what Javier Millet, the new president of Argentina, said? Uh, we played it, I believe, last week, the last, last show. There, he's talking to a talk show host, or he's being interviewed on television, and there's a English translation. But he says, you can't give shit leftists an inch, or they'll destroy you. And I believe he said, if you don't think like them, they'll kill you. That's if they can. He's got a good point. So, has the world gone mad? <laughs> it would certainly seem so. Yet most Americans continue to blithely go about their lives unaware of what is planning, planned for us all and, frankly, not believing it's possible. I'd sure like to believe they were right. An article <clears throat> published recently, I think it was December 11th, on BritainsDailyMail.com had these headlines. Chinese-affiliated hacking groups infiltrated critical American infrastructure, including Hawaii Water Utility, and at least one oil and gas pipeline, U.S. officials say. More than two dozen high-value targets have been attacked in the last year alone as China seeks to inflict societal chaos in the event of war. Beijing is bypassing high-tech firewalls by targeting ordinary employees. It comes as tension grows over comes as tensions grow over Taiwan, with targets in Hawaii and Guam at the top of the Chinese hit list. And that's the end of the article title and subtitles, or at least most of the subtitles. Nowhere that I could see in this article or by those in our intelligence community that reported on it, that reported what is what the article is about, was there any mention of the significant allegations of the CCP cyber warfare against our electronic voting equipment, which, according to our own Federal Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, is badly vulnerable to hacking and vote manipulation with no known fixes. Nor was there any mention of the equal, equally significant allegations of massive CCP and other hostile foreign power powers actual 
vote manipulation favoring Joe Biden and allied political candidates in the 2020 and 2022 elections. We talked, I believe, in the last program about the, about the new book, available on Amazon.com for only about $7, <clears throat> Invisible Treason in America, where it is related, and this has been related before by Mike Lindell, again, the election integrity actress on his website, frankspeech.com, and others on the Internet, <clears throat> that the C- that the CCP got the source code, which I believe is the what's needed to build and operate the system of a super secret CIA computer system, which has been allegedly used illegally to spy on a very powerful system. And there's a software program with it called Scorecard, which allows it to interfere in elections. I don't know if this has been used. We, we need an investigation. There is apparently government officials are prohibited from talking about this due to U.S. Uh, internet, well, U.S. Uh, secrecy and national security statutes. Nevertheless, we need an examination. We need a thorough investigation. I can't see this being prevented because of these statutes. Anyway, nothing is seemingly being done to f- prevent further hacking of our election electronic voting equipment, which you know, CISA had said, now, this is bad, but we haven't seen any we haven't seen any evidence of this. Well, according to Kurt Olson, uh, former lawyer for Mike Lindell and others, they haven't looked. CISA hasn't looked. They don't want to look. <laughs> so it's very clear to me that the evil forces who pulled off the rigging and theft of the 2020 and much of the 2022 elections have no intention of allowing Donald Trump to reclaim the presidency and probably be investigated and prosecuted. At least it's a possibility. With decades of infiltration and takeover of so much of our government by the political left, is it any surprise that we are witnessing the weaponization of our legal system to destroy Donald Trump and his supporters? The political left and their stooges are desperate to keep Trump from returning to the presidency, which would surely result in the end of the monstrous Marxist hate America revolution being thrust upon us. Then there's the extremely dangerous, destructive, and horrific human suffering going on before us today with the war in Ukraine, where the Biden administration keeps pouring tens of billions of dollars in military and humanitarian aid into that country, with seemingly no audits of where it's all going or how it's being used. Just an endless blank check of borrowed U.S. taxpayer money with no real efforts to bring an end to all the violence, destruction and suffering. While the Biden administration is providing needed military assistance to Israel as it struggles to crush the subhuman Hamas terrorist organization after the October 7th terror attack and genocide there, Joe Biden and company is caving to the pro-Palestinian wing of the Democratic Party by criticizing Israel for doing what's necessary to destroy Hamas and at the same time calling for Israel to ultimately lose the war by submitting to a future sovereign Palestinian state where Hamas and other terrorist groups would surely rise again and continue seeking to destroy Israel and ultimately the USA and the West. No doubt. With a contribution, no doubt with a contribution of huge sums of money and military equipment from China and its ally, Iran. Now, while we're on the subject of those American haters among us, America haters among us, and the weaponization 
of our government, including our judiciary against Trump, his Make America Great Again or MAGA movement and its supporters. Are you aware of the fanatical anti-Trump judge in Washington, D.C., who just a few days ago also slapped former Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani with a $148 million defamation judgment over Giuliani's broadcast about perceived suspicious activities in the Atlanta vote, cent- vote county center in 2020 election day on the evening of 2020 election day, I should say. Former Georgia election workers Ruby Freeman and her daughter, I believe her name is Shea Moss, were awarded this staggering sum after Giuliani reportedly on reported on what was no, shown in a surveillance videotape that purported to show election workers there after sending media and election observers home for the evening, running stacks of ballots pulled from suitcases under a co- co- covered table through tabulating machines several times. Later that night, a huge spike of votes for Joe Biden swung the Georgia election for him. Apparently, someone fraudulently posted a statement they attributed to Ruby Freeman online that was false, and the two women received threatening emails and verbal attacks on them. I don't recall Giuliani even mentioning this fraudulent post or, or the troubles these women had, but the thegatewaypundit.com carried an article that said, curiously, an investigation by the FBI and Georgia investigation Bureau of Investigation found the fraudster stated they found the fraudster and claimed that this person admitted the fraudulent post. But then the FBI and GBI report did not say anything further uh, about whether they arrested this man or person or whoever. What? Why? Why did they do that? These investigators also said they found no violations of, I guess, election laws in the vote counting activities there in Atlanta, but seemed to leave remaining questions about the vote counting activities there unanswered. It's all kind of confusing. I, I can't speak for everything about it. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's terribly unfair. And we're going to hear more from Giuliani about this shortly. Rudy Giuliani is also a former mayor of New York City and a renowned former federal prosecutor. Was being interviewed about this ruling against him by Newsmax. By Newsmax's, he's being interviewed by Newsmax's Greg Kelly. I think Giuliani has now been forced to declare bankruptcy over this. Please play soundbite one. Mr. Mayor, Rudy Giuliani, that'll be $148 million, please. <laughs> Mr. Mayor. Got any find- money? You can loan me, Greg. <laughs> it seems totally ludicrous. I thought you were terrific after the verdict. What are you thinking right now? Oh, how can you not be so sad for the country? Here I am in the District of Columbia. The first time I came here, I had goosebumps. I'm going to leave here thinking that... Um, This District of Columbia court is a fascist court. I mean, Judge Howell, I didn't know. uh, Elise Stefanik today filed this this, uh, complaint against her for unethical behavior. I didn't know she had given this speech in which she talked about the January 6th defendants and really about Donald Trump's big lies. And she's also the one who got very upset when the January 6th defendants weren't getting enough uh, sentences as far as she was concerned, and she abraded uh, the uh, prosecutors and said the sentences should be heavier. Mm. That is not a role for a judge. I knew when she was assigned to the case, I knew we were dead. I didn't realize we were that dead. Do you realize that I never got a chance to put in a single bit of evidence in defense? My liability was based on the fact that I didn't completely comply with discovery. 
and I turned over thousands of documents and I sat for a deposition and did not take the Fifth Amendment. Let me ask you, what at were most, you, what, most what should have been sanctions? What discovery? <laughs> it is wild because it's not what people think it is. Uh, what happened today? What part of discovery did they say you did not comply with if you turned over all those documents? What part of the discovery? The, the financial status of my present companies, which uh, might have to do with whether I can afford the 148 million, which I can't, but has nothing to do with whether I'm right or they're right. A lot more important would be all the videos at the time that all your visit, uh, viewers have seen. Yeah. The jurors never got to see those videos. We never looked at what happened at the arena. Well, there's a they reason why. The judge, they were told by the judge that because of her ruling, Giuliani lied. Giuliani never got a chance to say, gee, would you like to take a look at what I saw? And how about an independent decision on whether I lied or not? That hey, never Mayor. happened. Ruby Freeman, I don't know if you caught this during the January 6 hearings. She said something that I, I actually just noticed today. This is Lady Ruby, excuse me, Lady Ruby. Uh, here she is talking about just prior to a January 6 and a visit she got from the FBI. Your conversation with the FBI about needing to leave your home for your, your own safety or perhaps recommending it. Um, do you remember, was there a specific threat that prompted that, or was it the accumulation of, of threats that you had received? What prompted it was um, was getting ready to January 6th was about to come. The FBI told her to get out of her house because January 6th was about to happen. Um, this is the same FBI, you know, Lisa Strzok, Page, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok were talking about not letting Trump win. Do you find that suspicious that the FBI said January 6th is coming, so we have to move you? Did you know that? Sure, but I couldn't. I shouldn't. Yes. And I couldn't put that in evidence as well as other tape recorded conversations and uh, some videos that I think your viewers have seen. And I'm sure in the future we'll see. But the jurors never saw those. The jurors never saw a single defense from uh, Giuliani. So I don't blame the jurors, except the money is ridiculous. The amount of money they awarded is absurd. Uh, it's uh, it, it probably the money reflects the absurdity of the way the judge conducted the trial. Also, the lawyers here were Biden lawyers. These women could not have afforded these lawyers. Is it a coincidence that the chief lawyer worked with Hunter Biden and represented the crooked Burisma? That's I mean, uh, Mr. Who's Mr. the Got guy who who's the guy who revealed that? Who? Me. And his why, name do you, is, uh, why do you think they're coming after me? Because if it wasn't for me, nobody would know about Joe Biden. And let me ask you this. Me years. You said something very, I thought, generous and appropriate after the verdict today uh, to the press that were assembled. I don't know if you remember, but here, here's the question and your answer. Do you have Always any work. regrets about some of the comments that the women received? Well, of course, the comments they received, I had nothing to do with. Those comments are ab ab abominable. They're deplorable. 
no uh, defense to it, but I receive comments like that every day. Uh, different kinds of things. Uh, I've represented clients who have gotten that from the other side. This is a terrible part of our political system. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, and conservatives all get that. Uh, my comments weren't that. And I think that was also a very unfair part of it because my comments had no connection at all to those. There were thousands of things on the pre in the press about this, of which mine were a small amount. There's no way to say that my comments connected to that, but that's going to be part of what we'll get to litigate in a fair court. Thank you. It's a fascinating distinction. And they were complaining about all yeah. the threats, although they weren't that yeah, specific they, about the threats. Was it evenly... With an evenly, uh, par partially fair judge, just a little bit of fairness left in her, she would have ruled those uh, comments out as unduly prejudicial without sufficient connection. I know that. I've tried many, many cases, very important ones. And that is a ruling that uh, a fair judge down the middle, not one who is obsessed with Donald Trump, uh, would, uh, would do. And... Her background, and if you take a look at her handling of the January 6th cases, indicates we have a judge here who um, has, a pro has a problem. Don't you think Rudy Giuliani has been targeted by Joe Biden and his handlers for persecution and political and economic destruction? Giuliani, as one of President Trump's lawyers, was the first that I am aware of to investigate and expose the Hunter Biden laptop and its contents, including the shocking corruption involving the corrupt Ukrainian energy company Burisma, where Hunter Biden was paid millions for an essentially no-show seat on the company's board of directors. When a new Ukrainian government came to power and its prosecutor was investigating Burisma, Joe Biden infamous, infamously flew into Ukraine and threatened to withhold a billion-dollar U.S. loan guarantee if the prosecutor wasn't fired. And he was. Joe Biden then infamously bragged about getting the prosecutor fired at an event of the Globalist Council on Foreign Relations. I invite you to scroll down on my page here at bbsradio.com, click on the video clips link, and watch the videos I posted there, in particular the one titled Honorable Gangster, which features Giuliani speaking about this. Now, I had edited his comments there. Uh, a clip of them, but you can also find the entire discussion he has of this, the full video he made of this matter, on his website, RudyGiulianiCS.com. So it would be pronounced RudyGiulianics.com. CS stands for Common Sense. That was a program he used to have. Now it's called just America's Mayor or something. But anyway, here's more commentary on the Hate America crowd, this time on those people who travel to Japan each August to rage against the allegedly brutality alleged brutality and racism of the U.S. with its nuclear bombing of Japan that ended World War II. <coughs> Excuse me. This is commentary by one of the great thinkers and writers of our time, Thomas Sowell, on YouTube. It's titled, The Rise of the Anti-American Americans. Play soundbite two, please. Every August, there are American citizens who journey to Japan to abase themselves and their country at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The Japanese do not go to Nanking, where they slaughtered more Chinese in more brutal and sadistic ways than those who were killed in both of these Japanese cities combined. What was unique about Hiroshima and Nagasaki was the technology with which people were killed, not the number killed. 
More Germans were killed with older types of bombs at Dresden, and more Japanese were killed in the invasion of Okinawa than died at either Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Technological differences are not moral differences. Of all the people killed during World War II, less than 1% were killed in these two cities combined. If killing is wrong, even in wartime, then why not condemn the killing of the 99% rather than single out the 1%? The awesome power of nuclear weapons, which has hung over all our heads ever since they were invented, is certainly a reason to lament that such things are even possible. Winston Churchill spoke of the secrets of the atom as knowledge that was long mercifully withheld from man. But it was knowledge that our enemies were seeking, which is what prompted Albert Einstein, a pacifist, to urge President Roosevelt not to let the Nazis be the first to get it. In addition to those merely unthinking or naive Americans who journey to Hiroshima and Nagasaki every August, there are members of the media and academia who can seldom pass up an opportunity to be morally one up on others in general, or to be anti-American in particular. In addition, revisionist historians have spread the claim that the bombing of these Japanese cities was unnecessary, that Japan was ready to surrender, that an invasion would not have been so bad. Some of the more vicious anti-Americans say that this terrible weapon would never have been used against white people. What color do they think the people were in Dresden? The first experimental nuclear bomb had not yet been tested when Dresden was obliterated and its inhabitants incinerated from the air. Unlike those American leaders who bore the heavy responsibility of sending American troops into combat at the time, these revisionists, a much too polite word for liars, come up with rosy scenarios in which the casualties of an invasion of Japan are estimated to be a fraction of what General Douglas MacArthur or other leading military authorities at the time foresaw. In the Pacific War, there were islands where the Japanese defenders who died fighting numbered in the thousands, while those who were taken alive barely numbered in the dozens, most of these latter being too badly wounded to either fight or commit suicide. With this kind of resistance to the death being common among the Japanese in defending their conquered lands, how could anyone expect that the defense of their own homeland would be anything other than a bloodbath for all involved? Japanese civilians, including children, were being trained and indoctrinated to die defending Japan from invaders. The number who would have done so was undoubtedly larger than the number who died in the atomic blasts which spared them, as well as the American and British troops who would have died on the beaches and in house-to-house -house fighting in the cities. Was Japan going to lose the war, even without the atomic bombs? Yes, but at what price? Would it have been possible to arrange a Japanese surrender without an invasion? Perhaps, on terms more agreeable to the Japanese. But without unconditional surrender and an occupation of Japan, how could this militaristic country have been converted into one of the most pacific nations on earth? Without the incredible feat by which General MacArthur changed the ages-old military traditions of the Japanese, Japan could have been ready to fight again in another decade, and this time she would in all probability have had the atomic bomb. Nor is there any reason to believe that Japan would have shown the slightest hesitation before using it, or the slightest remorse afterward. Guilt-ridden Americans might do well to read The Rape of Nanking, or Prisoner of the Rising Sun.
It could save them airfare to Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Finally today, here's commentary by legal expert David Schoen being interviewed by Fox's Mark Levin, the radio and television host. This is about DOJ prosecutor Jack Smith trying to speed up scheduling of one of the phony Trump corruption trials, no doubt to help smear Trump ahead of the U.S. 2024 election. Play soundbite three, please. Welcome back, America. David Schoen from Jerusalem. I have a question about Washington, D.C. and what's going on in our country here directly. We have a special prosecutor. There's nothing special about him. He insists that presidential immunity, that is, a president can't be charged with a crime while he's president, even a phony made-up crime, but whatever it is, the Trump lawyers have said, that's right, and so you can't charge President Trump for acts he did or didn't do as president of the United States after he leaves office because you completely undermine the whole concept of presidential immunity. Presidents will constantly be looking over their shoulders and wondering if they're going to be charged afterwards. So the impact on a chief executive, the ability to decapitate the executive branch through this litigation, he says, I want to skip the circuit court. I'm going directly to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court remarkably says, well, we may not take up the case, but we might. And they say, uh, defense counsel, can we hear what you have to say about this? What do you make of all this? I think it's outrageous. You raise a number of points here. First of all, the idea of circumventing the appellate court is a horrible decision. But it's also hypocritical. At every juncture of this case, when Judge Chutkin has been presented with a reason to postpone the trial or some other motion in the case, she has said over and over again, I will not treat you, President Trump, like any other, like, like a special defendant. You will be treated like every other defendant before this court. I won't consider the political interests. I won't consider the public interest in an election. I won't consider your role as a leading candidate. Uh, you will move forward like everyone else. That's the opposite of what Jack Smith is saying in his petition. He's asking the Supreme Court to circumvent all of the analysis that a court of appeals would engage in and that every other defendant is entitled to. And what's his reason? Well, he says it's because there might not be sufficient time for the court to hear the case during this term. That's just that's subterfuge. There's no reason for the court to hear it during this term. What he means is there's a possibility the court wouldn't hear it before Donald Trump is elected president. And that's what this is all about. In in this case. It's a horrible decision. And the decision he cites, by the way, in which the court took expedited review, United States versus Nixon, involved a subpoena, not the fundamental trial issues in the case, uh, the fundamental underlying issue. This is what Nixon versus Fitzgerald was all about in 1982 in the civil context to find absolute immunity on separation of powers grounds and other grounds, because the president must be able to act freely. In this case, at all times, President Trump acted under Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution which provides simply that he must faithfully execute the laws. Based on the information he had, he believed that he was acting to investigate what he believed to be election fraud. He was acting consistent with his duty, his oath under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 8, uh, to execute his office faithfully, and so on. That's what he believed. But their point is, a president must be able to act freely and not worry about criminal liability over official acts in office. And the Knicks and the uh, Fitzgerald court even said the outer perimeters of the office. This is the heart of the office. It's unbelievable when you look at this case, and let me just say, they violate his First Amendment rights. The circuit court panel, two Obama appointees, one Biden appointee, 
says, okay, you can criticize Jack Smith, but that's it. That is a ridiculous interpretation of the First Amendment. And that First Amendment exists, especially if you're a defendant and the government's trying to put you in prison for the rest of your life, especially when you're in the middle of a presidential election, but apparently not according to these courts. Violation of his First Amendment right. Fifth Amendment right. They took from him attorney-client privilege with his lead lawyer, so the lead lawyer had to testify for the government, and his notes are presented to the grand jury as well as his testimony. Sixth Amendment violation, the right to competent counsel, where they're rushing the case in five months where you're talking about 12 million documents, and that's their side. The other side, the defense has a right to try and build a case with documents and witnesses, too. And what's the rush, David Schoen? There's no emergency. There's no national security issue. There is nothing. Final words. I also believe they've stripped him of his right to a public trial and the media's and the public citizens' independent right to that public trial. He must be permitted to uh, discuss the lack of integrity of this prosecution and of the prosecutors. I have a sanctions motion going against J.P. Cooney, who's Jack Smith's deputy chief counsel, for lying to a federal court in order to get records. He must be able to speak on these matters of public interest to the greatest extent possible. And the court always says in other situations, when the government writes a speaking indictment, laying out unproven allegations, in detail that everyone can download. Well, a jury, we can do that in voir dire. We can search out whether a jury has been influenced by that. The same thing with any comments President Trump or his lawyers make. Just a few days ago, the Supreme Court denied Jack Smith's request to force quick scheduling of Trump's trial in a thinly disguised attempt to smear Trump. I mean, Jack Smith's thinly disguised attempt to smear Trump politically before the 2024 election. So victory for Trump. <clears throat> That's it for another show. As always, we hope you found today posted soon on the The Jim Benson Show page here at bbsradio.com. Look for us again two weeks from now with another live broadcast in this same time slot. Have a great rest of your day and evening. And happy holidays.